You're listening to 2, 5, and 10, your source for bullshit-free NHL news, analysis, and insights. Now, here are your hosts, Kevin Naughton and Ben Stewart. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 100 of 2, 5, and 10. Benny, we finally did it. We hit the milestone. What up, baby? Do you ever think we had hit triple digits? No, never. I mean, I did because no one can shut us the fuck up. So I figured this will go on longer than any world government, any civilization. This will be like the last thing that pings out to the universe for aliens to pick up we'll be like uh what was will smith i i am legend that's what we're yeah. the only two left <laughs> there'll be no hockey we'll just be going to madison square garden and like arranging mannequins as players <laughs> yeah exactly we'll spray paint them it'll be great it'll be great yeah. <laughs> um some big news this week in the nhl they finally partially agreed on a television contract what do we got on that yeah we got the the A package. So this is the main deal going forward. Uh, just to differentiate it, the NHL only had one deal with NBC and their family of networks since like 2010, something like that. Around there, yes. Yeah, it's been a while. Um, so now they're splitting it up into two different packages. The A package goes to ESPN, so it's a long reunion after 17 years of. Danny Shell not being partnered with the, the worldwide leader. Uh, so this is big news, especially for guys our age. Like we grew up with Gary Thorne, Bill Clement, Darren Pang. Holy jumping. <laughs> um, so it's going to be a $2.8 billion contract paid out over the next seven years. And then another big aspect of this is the ESPN Plus and Hulu angle, which is owned by Disney. Um, so starting next season... ABC and ESPN will broadcast four of the next seven Stanley Cup finals. It will have its choice of which conference finals it would like to broadcast, either the West or East. It will have half of the playoff rounds. Um, and then during the regular season, there will be 75 exclusive games on ESPN Plus and Hulu. You will only be able to get them there. So starting next year, if there's a Bruins-Canadians game on ESPN Plus or Hulu, that's the only spot you can watch it. It's not going to be on this one. Um, so that's a pretty big jump, sizable jump in yearly revenue for the TV deal for NHL, which is big. And that's just from this package. Package B is still going to get three out of the next seven Stanley Cups, the other half of the playoff games. And I'm sure they're going to get a couple, uh, exclusive broadcasts as well. Cause every cable network has their own streaming service now. Um, so that's going to really bump up the TV deal for the NHL. Who is it going to be? NBC's still in it. We'll see if they're going to sign up. I still think it's going to go to Fox. Uh, they've been making a lot of quote-unquote sports upgrades. They still have the NFL. They uh, signed a partnership with the WWE. I think this is their chance to jump back into it again. I think NBC is putting all their eggs in the uh, Premier League and the, their NFL uh, money. So either way, we get back to the end on ESPN Apparently, Gary Thorne is open to returning. I can live without Bill Clement and his constant, constant 
wrong pronunciations and wrong names during broadcasts. Um, I wonder if Butchie's going to come back. I wonder if uh, Steve Levy's going to come back and do some of the games. I was just excited that we get the... And they confirmed their theme song's back as well. I will say there is no question that the Butchie man is coming back. The Butchie <laughs> will be back. Uh, Steve Levy will definitely be back. I'm just very curious with as to who that other partner is going to be. It, it just seemed a little strange. I, I don't think I've ever seen a TV deal worked out where it was such a partial deal. Like you get four out of the next seven Stanley cups, you and so ESPN slash ABC. I do think that with ESPN plus, it is definitely going to be leaning towards the streaming and mm-hmm. so towards something that everyone is now going towards, which I think is great. I think it opens the door for a lot of other things. Like I personally do not have Hulu, so I'll be waiting for you to uh, send me that link. And uh, well, dude, I have all three. Well, you, so you can get a bundle. You get Disney Plus, Hulu, and ESPN Plus for fifteen bucks a month. I, I know it's funny because I have the Disney from my sister. I got her account, so uh, I, I'm sure she has the whole thing. I'll have to get the hook up, but then it'll be like, watch, she's already logged in, so I can't get <laughs> into it. So, yeah, I'll have to get my own, which is fine. It's just um, I want to see the actual numbers next year as to if it is going to increase the popularity of hockey. And that is something that I honestly don't know. I think the NHL still has a whole bunch of stuff to do on their end marketing-wise. Yes. And another part of it is now just with ESPN having the rights, obviously there will be a little bit more hockey now on SportsCenter or whatever it's going to be. But... How much more in-depth do you honestly think SportsCenter is going to be? I do not see them completely flipping a light switch and now hockey is going to be their A1. I, I don't see that. They're still going to be primarily football and then the NBA. Yeah, Maybe this will be like the bottom rails highlight as to whether it's the NHL or the MLB that gets you know the more brunt of the highlights. I, I, I mean, don't know. already getting nothing from ESPN. So, and apparently ESPN already promised them that um, there's going to be throughout the day because SportsCenter is not really the money maker on ESPN anymore. So, all these opinion and debate shows throughout the day. And apparently, part of the deal was a promise to the league that there would be at least three full segments every day during prime time, basically in the morning and evening, dedicated to just NHL talk. It now makes me wonder too, right? Like what is going to happen with NHL network? Is that still going to be around? Is that still going to be an option? I mean, is it, is it going to be worth it to them to continue that network due to people are getting away or will be able to get away from cable because all the games will be streaming. So it's like, is there going to be just more coverage on ESPN plus covering it? Like, I just want to see the full effect of what's going on here. And obviously we won't get that till next year, but I think it's just very, very bland in the sense of we have a A deal and then we're now looking for a B deal. I understand that the NFL has... ESPN on Monday Night Football, and then you go through Sunday all day is basically CBS has a whole bunch, 
Fox has the game of the week during the day. Then it goes to NBC at night. So, I mean, it does work through numerous networks, but it's just a unique situation that they actually called this one like their A deal, and then they're going to a B deal too. Yeah, I mean, it's just added revenue. Like, uh, I feel like a lot of sports, like the NBA does it, Major League Baseball does it. The NHL was the only major sport in the country that didn't have two TV deals. So I think they're just moving in that direction. With NHL Network, I think they're still going to have regular season games, obviously. and But I think they're going to try and transition into more of a, you come here for the analysis. Um, we'll have pre- and post-game shows for like the big national broadcast, the playoff games, uh, things like that. But the other thing is, this NHL.TV is going to be no more. Yeah. Thank yeah. God. Like well, That was so shitty. And the other thing is the blackout rules. That's the one thing I still haven't seen anywhere is if the Rangers, it sounds like if the Rangers are on ESPN+, Plus, I can still watch it. Because right now, if I got NHL.TV, I wanted to watch a Ranger game. If it's if I'm in New York, I can't watch the Rangers. Like it was the most ridiculous thing, the way they had it set up. So I think this is also a boon for people who don't have cable anymore that still would like to watch their game, teams' games that are online. And speaking of the NHL drifting away from things, have we seen the end of Eric Carlson in San Jose? I don't know if it's like who's going to trade for him. No, and I mean, the other part of it is a buyout would be costly against their cap for a very long time. But uh, this week... Yeah, I'm going to look that up right now, the buyout, while you... Yeah, say so this week, the the NHL came out with that Eric Carlson was asked about his time currently in San Jose, and he stated that he didn't sign here for another rebuild like Ottawa. Ouch. Um... This is a team that the last couple of years has most definitely been on the back burner, uh, underperformed big time. I've called this the last two years, just saying, just throwing it out there. Um, But for a team who is this high with the cap and to be performing this bad, you have to expect a lot of changes to be coming out of San Jose. But the other thing is that the money that they have tied up in guys is going to legitimately cripple them. You have Eric Carlson here, who was the highest paid on this team at 11, five for the next. I, I don't even know how long this extension is this year, next year, that, that, that at least so, six years, another six years for 11, yeah. five with that. I mean, he's 15% at a cap. Yeah. He's 15% of their cap. Yep. And then, I mean, they also have a Vander Kane at seven who is possibly going to get his contract terminated due to the bankruptcy that he's currently dealing with. I mean, yeah, Burns, who's 36, he has four more years on his deals, takes him to 48 mil. Vlasic is toast. He has five years left in his deal at seven. Like, yeah. And, I mean, once as they signed this deal, we discussed as to how bad we thought it was, but... Like, did they do any background as to, like, how beat up his groins were or anything like that? Because it just seemed like they gave it to him. They had all the faith in the world. They backed up the Brinks truck. And now it is like, this This could be the biggest mistake we've made. Yeah, and even if you wanted to spin it as they thought their window would be open for another 
year, two years, let's say, because they went on a run with him after the trade deadline. They didn't want to lose him. They gave up some assets for him, not major assets, in my mind. But even if that's the case, you didn't sign him for two years. You didn't sign him for four years. You signed him for the max deal at $11.5 million. You're paying him. He's getting more than Jack Eichel. He's up there with Taves and Kane. Like, you're paying him as if he is the best defenseman in the National Hockey League. And when he signed a deal, a lot of people, I think you and I, like just based on our discussions on here, compared to reading the analysis around, I mean, we have the ability to be harsher than most people that are actually doing this for a living and have to keep relationships. That's they were true. like, even yeah. they questioned it. They're like, wow, that's a pretty hefty contract for a guy who has injury concerns. Isn't that great of a defenseman to begin with? Norris Trophy be damned. And you already have a $8 million a year top pair right-hand shot defenseman in Brett Burns, and you have a hole in goal that you can spend that money on. So we, we killed this deal from the beginning. By the way, I just did the uh, buyout math. So they would have to pay him over the next 12 years $57.8 million in, to buy him out. Uh, the other part of that buyout, too, looking at it, is... Their cap hit is still insane. If yeah. if they bought him out today, their cap hit for this season would be seven point eight. Next year it would be eleven three. Year after that it drops down a little bit, two eight, then it goes to three three, then it comes back up to nine three, and then it comes back up to eleven eight before then it's just almost two million for the next one, two, three, four, five, six, seven years. They're not they're not really saving any legitimate money until 2023 or 24. So at that point, it's like, what's the point of the buyout? Because you need to relief now. And if you're going to have to pay the guy $9, 11000000 million in terms of the cap, it might as well just have him on the fucking roster. Yeah, and I mean, I, I don't think anyone's making that trade at, at no. all. That's That's a poison pill. That's going to be a deal where he's going to end up on long-term IR and then by the time he's 34, 35, the latest. And he's going to be dealt around to cap basement teams just for the cap hit while he's sipping margarita somewhere with his wife. Yeah, and I mean, and the other part of it now is if that groin is as bad as they predict and they say it is, I mean, he can retire. I mean, he doesn't hit the cap anymore, so maybe that's where Sandoz, you know, you got a, it's not a season-ending, a career-ending groin injury. It's just constant. And Or maybe he could just put on uh, a jersey and start getting uh, a rash. Hey, I mean, it worked for Marion. <laughs> it's just, dude, look at their back end. Carlson 11-5, Burns 8, Vlasic 7. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Yeah. And they still have... They still have good old Marty Jones on contract for three years at just under six mil moving forward. Like, they have a lot of guys who come off the books, but not guys that make any money and not guys that make much of a difference. So you're basically locked into your core. I think Couture would have a market if they ate a little bit of money. Like, if you chipped in like a million and a half per for the remainder of the deal, I think Couture would have a market. But he's their captain. Who knows if he gets moved? Kane, I think that's. I know we talked. I think that's a fantasy. Like, how would the NHL allow determining? I guess it's part of the C. I don't know. 
But then you're looking at the course. Basically, Couture, maybe Kane, Timo Meyer, Kevin LeBanc. I can't believe they signed him that deal. And then the guys on the back end that you just named Martin Jones. There's no prospects coming. No, they're they're There's in a no tough rebuild. spot. There's no sell-off coming to replenish the pool. So San Jose is going to be one of those teams that's in the worst spot you can be. Decent enough to not finish in the lottery, but not good enough to contend for a playoff spot. I mean, the only bright spot I've seen there lately is that fucking Curtis Gabriel is fighting everybody. That, that's <laughs> yeah, like, well, he's pissed he's in San Jose right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's just been the one, at least for my eyes watching, it's been one of those guys who every game is going out there and fighting somebody. Ryan Reeves, Kyle Clifford, he fought uh, whoever the hell it was the other day. It's like, he, he's just getting after it. So, I don't Did know. He fight last night. Uh... Yes, Brett Ritchie. Brett Ritchie and Jun Kara. Yes, Jun Kara was back in uh, the desert somewhere. <laughs> oh fuck, he got smoked with that right hand. Like, oh, like oh, when I saw that because it pops up. I subscribe to this channel. I just like every ten minutes is a new like clip from a game around the league that night, and I got the alert. I didn't even read the title. I just clicked on it, and then I saw the fight. And when he got hit. I was just like, oh, man, that guy's on the Aladdin special rug right now. <laughs> oh, yeah, just fucking. I know that's really racist what I just said, but. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, so Carlson's one guy, and then we have Eichel, who is, quote-unquote, out with an upper body injury, which we both think is bullshit. Well, yes, going from one bad place in the NHL to another, Jack Eichel currently out with a upper body uppy uh, Jesus Christ upper body <laughs> an uppy. injury. He's out with an uppy. <laughs> he, he's out with an uppy, not a lowy. But um, yeah, I, I think it's bullshit. I think they're just trying to protect an asset and hopefully move him. And the other part of it for Buffalo is if they trade Jack, the only remaining piece they have is Rasmus Dahlin. And who's to say that? If Jack goes, he's even going to want to stay. By the way, I take offense to that. Carter Hutton is still in their contract. I, I do. I, well, <laughs> Hutt's is UFA at the end of the year, so good for him. <laughs> but, like, I I honestly don't know what to say. They're stuck with that Jeff Skinner contract with the no yes. movement. Um, I do think that they're going to need a deadline to get something back in return. I I mean, they've lost 11 in a row at this point. Their GM's calling them out. The coach is all but gone. It's through no fault of his own. We've already talked about that. Eichel is out with an upper body injury, even though there's no video of where he even would have gotten injured that would have kept him out this long. Now they're saying he's out another two weeks. He's going to be out. On, I guarantee you, if he's not traded, he comes back the game after the trade deadline. And I'm also offended, too, because Matt Irwin is also in Buffalo. So Matty Irwin's in Buffalo, huh? huh? All right, man. Well, maybe they need to... Uh... Oh, shit, I'm blanking on his name. Who is our captain? Moore? Oh, yeah, little Mikey Moore. Mikey Moore, yeah. But, yeah, so 11 in a row, Terrell Holt just took a puck to the face tonight, to the mouth. Um, he got pushed down as Colin Miller ripped one from the blue line, so he took it right to the face. Uh, so... A terrible year it just gets worse for Hall, but he's going to be getting moved at the deadline. He's pending UFA. There are rumors that Edmonton might want him back. 
um, for the stretch run. But yeah, Skinner's there long term. You know, little, little Miss Ballerina. Eichel, I think, is good as gone. Whether it's at this deadline or over the summer, he's gone. Um, Reinhardt, he's playing well, but are is Buffalo going to commit to him at almost six million plus a year and be, him be their main guy? Uh, Stall is pending UFA. He's going to be gone. Uh, maybe he goes back to Carolina. On the back end, like you said, Russell Linen is interesting, but who's gonna? Is he going to sign long term before he hits UFA after next season? Brandon Montour is probably gone at the deadline as well, and he's he'll bring back a nice. I think he'd bring you back something yeah. in one part at least going into the off season for them is Jake McCabe's UFA. Yeah. And legit, if he doesn't come back, their back end will be Rasmus Ristol Island if he's not dealt, Allen Miller and Rasmus Dallin, and then you just go down to Henry Yokiharu, who's RFA, and that's it. And he's played it. He's had a nice year for a 21-year-old. No, no, I, I think he's been good. I'm just saying for them to try to transition with the decor that would be, I mean, they're yeah, they're treading water to be to be very nice. Yeah, I think so here's here's the hope for Buffalo. I mean, if you can't turn things around with Eichel and the talent they have talent. Like it's the weird thing. And they have a good coach. I don't know what the issue is. Like it has to be something with the in a room. Like something's off. But their hope is Dylan Cousins, they switch him back over to center and he keeps developing. He looks like a he looks like a player. Like a real good player. They need middle set to fucking turn it around. Like he's huge for them for their future. And then I mean you have Victor Olofsson, who's a poor man's Patrick Line. Um that's and then like you said on the back end, it's like he's a homeless man's Patrick Line. <laughs> Uh, um, <laughs> so it's just Michael though like thinking about it, like where where would he go like one you need a team that can give like Buffalo can't trade him for lottery tickets they need at least one no they need substance cheap good NHL ready guy now so like if he's getting traded to the Rangers like they have to give up Kako or Lafreniere like if I'm Buffalo I'm like it's one of those two guys. You tell me which one. Oh, I should not get them. Boston one can't afford them, but two, I don't want nobody off your roster. Like, no offense. Like for an Eichel type guy, like who do I want? I don't want DeBrusque. Like he's not that guy. Oh no. Well, they they already said that for the Bruins and Buffalo to do a trade, it, it's either going to include Pasternak or McAvoy, and that's just not going to happen. So. Yeah. So like you got to find a team that has the cap space and that has young, a good young asset and draft picks to send back to Buffalo. And there's not that many teams. It's basically the Rangers, LA and Philly, to be honest. I mean, I know there are other teams out there. Like you have Ottawa that can do a deal. I doubt Michael wants to go to Ottawa. No offense. I think they're going to be good. In a I couple don't think, years. I don't think he has a choice right now. So go wherever the fuck they send them. He's apparently the rumor is he's told Buffalo. He has a list of teams that he's quote unquote, okay. Being dealt with. Otherwise he will refuse to report. Yeah, but then th- then you're in breach of contract. They'll just fucking fine you every day. Yeah. Pl- play the it, game, you know, like go for it. I wish yeah. you would, but listen, if it's that bad in Buffalo, I- I'm assuming somewhere else it has to be greener, no? 
yeah. grass has to I, be greener at some point. I think he just wants to avoid going into another team that's in a perpetual rebuild. So, like, if you're looking, like, take the cap situation out of it. You're just looking at a team that has an attractive trade proposal they can put together, and they have the need for a spot open. Dude, if I'm Chicago, like, take who you want. Like, that opens up the window, I think. I know they're they're still in the middle of their rebuild, but it's like Michael with Kane and Taves. Like, you have a couple of the young kids still. You figure out the goaltending situation, which isn't too far off. And I'm saying they're a cup contender or shit. Nice way to rebuild after the after Taves kind of scales back a little bit. Oh, and I would say that wherever Eichel ends up, he's going to be, like, shot out of a cannon just to yeah. be in a different situation. My worst nightmare is, and I know this is almost, like, physically impossible, he ends up in Tampa. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> well, they'll just put another guy in long-term IR, and then they'll make the, they'll make the numbers work. Yeah, they'll be like, oh, my God, this guy got a paper cut in practice. He's out. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, well... Paper cut, long term. Uh, we'll see you soon. Come on, yeah. Jack. So that's going to be an interesting thing. I know next week our p- current plan is to go over the deadline. I think besides the Rangers and like figuring out the guys that are available, I want to spend time going through teams' rosters and cap situations, and I'm going to try and find like the top three teams that I think can make a move for him now. Not in the offseason, but now, and what they would be able to give up. And I want to run packages by you and be like would you trade Eichel for this this or this and see what you say I think LA has to be in play with all their prospects I know yeah I know you we need like a value now but they are so deep prospect wise that a pick or probably two first round picks and then two of their top prospects and probably a couple roster players might get that done yeah I mean if you just look into NHL roster I got the top of my head was if Velarde is their most marketable yeah. guy, but he's like more of a eh, top nine guy. They don't really have a holy shit. We got this guy back for Eichel. Yeah. That's their one thing holding them back. They have the cap space. They have the picks. They have the prospects. They just don't have the NHL guy. I mean, obviously for LA, they would have to try to shed some cap with it, but it's like, Hey, Jeff Carter. Thanks for the cup. See you later, bud. Yeah. <laughs> Like, Apparently Dustin Brown's uh, ready to get moved, so we'll see. Well, we'll see if he moves Pittsburgh that, sniffing uh, around. that modified no trade. We'll see if he does that. So Yeah. Yeah, I think Gabe Velarde, Jeff Carter, and then you start looking at the prospect pool there. and If you're I, Philly, just off the top of my head, Patrick or Farabee as the headliner for NHL, and plus like the ne- your next two first-round picks and additional prospects. Like, I'd go Faraby over Patrick. I, just because of the injury? Just because the injury, and I, I like Faraby's game better, too. He's a great shot. Like he, His goal against the Rangers last night was, I know that's like a s- sample size of like, oh, they played my team, but kid's legit. I mean, if you're taking the pick, though, in L.A., you go Turcotte, Kaliev, Madden, or Quentin Byfield. There's a lot of choices there to kind of put in the one. And for the record, I don't think those are lottery tickets. I think those are definite NHL players. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. I'm just talking, like, when I say lottery ticket, I mean guys that are, like, a few years away or they're playing in Europe somewhere and you just don't know what you have. Oh, no, no, no. Those, those guys yeah. are 
there. <laughs> I'll let you keep Byfield. I want two of the others. I mean, for Buffalo, they'd have to consider that big time. Like, give me give me Turcotte and give me Turcotte and Madden and plus two first rounders. All right, we're in talks. <laughs> but yeah, so that's the Eichel situation. It's just a shame, man. Like Buffalo is a good market. Their fans, like you sent me that thing where their own hometown newspaper has them in the power rankings, ranked behind Seattle. <laughs> that was all time. <laughs> that was great. Like a team that hasn't even played a game yet is ahead of them in their power rankings. <laughs> I love that they even said it's that bad in Buffalo that the Kraken are ahead of them. <laughs> Should oh. we move on to uh, weekend review, or we got something else going on for our? No, we can go on a weekend review. Um, I believe last week we recorded on Monday, so the Bruins were going to be playing the Islanders on Tuesday. And, of course, we went there and we lost because we cannot beat the Islanders at all this year. Uh, I thought it was a better played game, so it was a 2-1 loss. Um, Tuka Rask got hurt in the game on Sunday the 7th against the Devils. We have not seen him since. Uh we then went on to Thursday the 11th where we played you guys at home and we looked great. We had a very good game. All seemed to be going well. And then, of course, I picked the Saturday at one game and we looked like hot <laughs> dog shit. Um, I, I do think that game, that 4 nothing win for you guys without Halak and that it easily could have been 7 nothing. He he kept us in that game for a huge portion there. Um inconsistency right now for us is is big uh jake debrusque was finally healthy scratched against the islanders came back that game against you guys and was finally seen and this has been the thing i've talked about with this kid for a while listen if you're not scoring goals in the national hockey league like it's hard to score goals in the national hockey league i get that but to actually be a cup contender and be a legitimate help to this team. You need to be able to do things when you're not scoring. You need to yes. be in and forecheck. You need to go in and finish hits. You need to be responsibly responsible defensively. And this kid doesn't check any of those boxes. He came back that game against you guys after being scratched. Played great. You you could see him. You could notice him. He was good. And then he played the Saturday game. And I mean, I only noticed him in two shifts. Oh, actually, no, I lied. He didn't play the Saturday game against you guys. It was last night against Pittsburgh. I only noticed them two shifts. Sorry about that. So now it's, can he be consistent in back-to-back games? That I don't know. Uh, I still think that he is a huge trade chip for us. Yeah, I mean, you shouldn't be asking this question about a guy who's been in the league for as long as he has. No, exactly. I, I think that you need to perform and obviously Jake is a goal scorer when he's scoring goals, but outside of that, he needs to be able to give you another element. And if he's not, then yes, I would probably talk about him next week on our trade deadline show. Just throwing <laughs> that out there. Uh, and then we go last night to Pittsburgh and we played a great first 15 minutes. And I don't watch the Penguins enough to know if we had a really good 15 minutes or they had a bad one. So so I honestly don't know. But I know that after the first 15 minutes, um, Evan Rodriguez gets this 
goal on a fucking muffin that Halak should have stopped glove side, like just dipsy doodle type puck. Then after that, Crosby scores one from basically below the goal line and the wheels came off the wagon and we were toast straight then and they're done in the water. Currently, we are in the second period. We are tied at one. I saw the first period. It was a much better first period for the Bruins. Uh, Definitely something to build off of. Going forward, um, we need a consistency because in our last 10, I believe we're 3-5-1. We're just not currently playing very well. Uh, Tuca is hurt. We need Tuca back. We need him back badly. And for all those other people that, you know, always complain about Tuca and you think that Halak is a starter in this league, not a very good look. Just just throwing that out there. It does not seem the best. Now, we go towards another direction, and it is like, where the fuck do we go from here? What is next? And that I don't know because... The trade deadline is here, and if there's one thing every Bruins fan knows, it's this. We have not, period, we have not, period, had a second dairy scoring in the whole fucking tenure that Don Sweeney has been here. David Krejci gets hung out to dry. I'm sure everyone's going to complain about David Krejci, but he's pretty sure he's fourth in the team in points, and he only has one goal. So <laughs> just just throwing that out there. Now, yes, get rid of Jake DeBrusque. Yes, it's been bad parts. But this whole lineup as a whole has been awful. Uh, Chris Wagner, he has been in the press box for at least three or four games this year. For a guy who is known as a prick, a prick to play against, hard to play against, you don't even notice him out there. Don't don't even know he's there. Um, Anders Bjork, another one of those guys where when he's there and he's thriving, he looks great. But when he's not... Yet again, what significance do you bring to me? I am curious as to what will happen with Carson Kuhlman. He is one of those guys who has just got back into the lineup the last couple of games, but yet again, hasn't done anything. When we were in that Stanley Cup final, he came into that lineup. He he made a difference, and since then, he's done nothing. I want to see better, but at the same time, I don't know what to expect with the last four games. There have been people constantly shuffling in and out of the lineup. It's making it extremely difficult to go on from there. Zach Seneshin had came in for us. We finally had all three of those draft picks from 2015 play a game together. And then right after that, Seneshin went out hurt. I actually thought Seneshin had a really good game. He played with the uh, Corrali and him and hit a, they had at least Two two one ones, if not three, the two of them together. So hopefully when uh, he is back up and running, we can see if they can continue that magic. But outside of that, I just, uh, I'm just curious to see what, where we go to next. So my question around the deadline, and I know we'll get into this more next week, is Sweeney never swing really swings for the fences, right? I think the only time he did was that time with... Um, Rick Nash. Yeah, and even then he was getting... If he thought he was getting Rick fucking Nash, then I don't know what his expectations were. But for me, like, you guys can't... 
improve around the edges. Like, yeah, I'm sure you can improve upon, improve upon Wagner or Andrews Bjork, and he would call it a day, but I don't think that moves the needle much. So it's, you got to bring in, like, you got to, you have two years left in my mind with where you can count on Bergeron and be at a top line player. Uh, I think he'll age well because his game is so well rounded that he can probably play until he's 45. But you guys can't just add a third, fourth liner and call it a day. And I don't know if Sweeney has like the balls to do it, like to put his job on the line to make one big swing at it. Whether I don't, it's not going to be Eichel because you guys can't afford him with the cap. But like just somebody to be a Sean Monahan from Calgary. You know what I mean? And I don't know if he would take that risk. And I think that's what might hold you guys back in terms of what's next. Yeah, I mean, if we look at the cap-friendly numbers as to where we are in, in comps, I mean, we have Jake DeBrusque for this year and next year at 3.675. Uh, I think that's team-friendly both ways. So I think it all depends on what you're looking for. Me personally, I'm trying to upgrade that spot just because I cannot trust him there. And I know you, the biggest thing with the Bruins is always term coming back. That seems to be Sweeney's weak point where if he's dealing something away, whatever he gets back, um, it needs to have term on it so we can kind of see it through just the way we got Kasha and Richie last year. Both of them had term left. If we're going away from term, I mean, I like Tanner Pearson in Vancouver. Uh, mm. It's kind of the same player, left wing, 28 Cap is basically the same, 3.75, and then he's UFA at the end of the year. I like the way the kid plays. I like his style. Like, I think he would be a good fit here. And if they're worried more about the right side, I mean, Brandon Sutter up there too. He goes UFA at the end of the year, but he can play center and right wing. So it's like I know the window for opportunity is definitely closing. We're, we're not naive to that. But I know that Don Sweeney and Jim Benning have a great relationship from their time here in Boston. So mm-hmm. uh, that is definitely a possibility. What it will end up being, God knows. But uh, like you said, too, will he go for a big splash like Monahan? Don't know. I mean, I, I know Monty's a big cap hit, but if we're going into next year, I mean, David Krejci's UFA. So who knows if we re-sign him and then you already have Monty as your 2C. Yeah, that's kind of how I was looking at it, where if you're going to make a big swing, you want it more than just a rental. And ideally, it's not that Krejci's a bad player, but eventually you have to, like you guys just went through this by letting Krug and Char go, where you got to kind of replenish the the talent pool here. So that's why Monaghan came to mind. But for me, if you guys are just looking to supplement secondary scoring and not necessarily looking for a center, and you guys will figure it out, that out whether it's Krejci over the summer or somebody else. I'm looking at Nashville and I'm looking at Arvidsson. I think Nashville is going to be a big seller yet. Yet again, that's something we'll we'll go over next week. But like, yeah, if you like look if at Boston, our D, that's the guy I target. Like, I think he fits in real nice in your type of system. Yeah, RV plays a hard game. He's like a little fire hydrant out there. He's hard to move. He's hard on pucks. He he would definitely plop right into our lineup somewhere. We just need to figure out our injuries on the back end. I mean, just right now, we have Carlo out, Moore out, Miller out, and Lozon out. So four guys that can jump into our lineup and 
I think we just need to find a timetable as to how long they're actually going to be out for. Originally, the Kevin Miller thing was just uh, maintenance. Day to day. Yeah, it ain't <laughs> maintenance if he's still out. So yeah. we definitely have to uh, figure out that whole back end and time-wise and go from there. I believe Lowe's on, it should be a couple more weeks. They said it was about a month from when he broke that hand. But then it makes you wonder if he's still going to be able to play that nasty game that he plays, wondering if he takes his hand to fight someone, he's going to break it again on someone's helmet. So, yeah, we're going to have to uh, figure that all out quick. So maybe we get a depth defenseman and, yeah, some help up front. Yeah, I think you guys will probably end up, or Sweeney will probably look at the back end where getting those guys back are deadline acquisitions. So focus for the secondary scoring. Yeah, and I mean, for those wondering about Arvidsson, he's locked up for one, two, so three more years until UFA at 4.25, but he plays left and right wing. So yeah, I mean, yeah, you just slide him in as a DeBrusque replacement. Yeah, Pro- I mean, probably so. comparable numbers too. So Yeah, um, but yeah, we'll spend even more time on that next week. Uh, just kind of quickly going through the Rangers here. S- same shit, different week. Uh we lost both games at Pittsburgh. Did not play well there. We got our asses handed to us on Thursday night last week against you guys. Like you said, we had that completely 180 against you guys on Saturday. I think part of it was getting Panarin back and you know the guys getting juiced up about that. And also you guys, whatever issue that was, it just kind of seemed like you guys let off the gas pedal a little bit. Um and then last night we lost in overtime against Philly. Uh, we scored three unanswered goals in the second period. We had a terrible first period. For the first time, for as long as I can remember, we came out in the second period and we made adjustments. <laughs> That's, you know, we were a completely different team. We threw pucks at the net. We were driving in net. It was like, holy shit, somebody went into the locker room after the first period when something wasn't working and said, Hey, guys, let's try this instead. And it fucking worked. Um, but, you know, we lost in overtime, like, the, the Vorchek goal. If you guys haven't seen the highlight of it, uh, Panarin took a risk at the blue line. Vorchek got the puck past him, and it was basically a shootout. He had all the time in the world, and he deked the shit out of Keith Kincaid in goal. Um, so, really, the storyline for the Rangers is, like it is every week, uh, the development of the kids... Uh, Lafreniere had a little bit of a hot streak a couple for a couple weeks. He's kind of settling back down. His goal scoring isn't there. I'm less concerned about him because his overall game is just better than Kako's was last year. Kako's been in and out of the lineup with COVID protocols and also because uh, of his pre-existing conditions. Sometimes they just hold him out after a team has just come back from a layoff like against the Devils. They didn't want to risk it. So I think that plays into his inconsistency. Uh, Panarin's back. Uh, he had three points last night against Philly, so he picks up right where he left off. Um, Kreider's still crushing it. Him and you know, we, Quinn went back to the original opening night lineup combinations, but Kreider and Strom were having some chemistry together. Uh, Heedle's been playing well, even if it's not completely showing up on a score sheet. Um, but yeah, so Fo- Adam Fox... Bucinevich and Di Giuseppe were all, are all on a COVID protocol list starting yesterday. Uh, doesn't mean they tested positive. Uh, they don't release that information, so they're just out day to day. Yeah, for the Rangers at this point, it's they're, they're not going to make the playoffs. It's not even going to be like 
that close of a scenario unless something completely drastic happens. Uh, so it's really just uh, who can they move at the deadline. They don't really have any like huge pending UFAs that they're like, okay, let's get rid of this guy and get a return for him. They have Strom, but is he ready to be the 2C? Who knows? Um, they have Buchnevich, who I know the cap is a cap. It would just be a shame to lose him after all the work he's put in. And you can tell that the guys love him in the room. And then because he's upcoming RFA, that they end up moving him. Um, Shesterkin's still out day to day with the groin injury. Uh, like I said a couple episodes ago, I think Ranger fans are now seeing who there there were Ranger fans out there who were saying that Lundqvist was overrated. Guys like Stephen Valaket, when he had a nice run as our backup goaltender for twelve fucking games, was a better goaltender than Henrik Lundqvist are finally starting to see, man, it's real nice to have a guy in goal who you can count on to bail your ass out game in and game out for 15 fucking years. Because Shesterkin, he's played better, but hasn't been too great, and uh, Georgiev has just been fucking abysmal this year. So, yeah, they're young, young goaltenders, but kind of seeing the uh, other end of wanting to go with the young, unproven kids over a guy you can count on. Um... So for the Rangers, the Rangers is just getting ready for the upcoming trade deadline, seeing what moves can be made there. They're always going to be rumored with Eichel until Eichel is moved. Um, I don't know if they, you know, trade away all the draft capital and the prospects that they've built up for one guy when I don't think they're one guy away. Um, but we'll see. So it's really just same, some of the old stuff that we've been talking about with the team. Um Hoping Mika snaps out of it. He looks like he's starting to play better a little bit. Um, and then just seeing how the young kids progress. Uh, really, uh, Keandre Miller has just been a revelation this year as that first pair defense partner with Truba, who's like been underwhelming. Word, revelation, and, that's good. Yeah, like he's been incredible. For a 20-year-old kid, he's only played defense for like a handful of years. Um, he basically skipped over the AHL. And he's playing 18 to 21 minutes a night on the first pair against guys like Drew Crosby, Voracek, and holding his own. So I think with his speed and size, he's going to be a lockdown guy for years to come. It'll probably be him and, and Fox on the first pair. And going into what could possibly be your trade deadline, I mean, what is your expectations for this? Like, are we selling? Are we trying to buy a little bit? Like, what is it exactly? I think the Rangers are in a position where they're not buying or selling. They're just making hockey hockey trades for next year. So it's something where they have to trade off their current roster. Like, let's say they move Buchnevich. Usually, if they're selling, you would trade him for, like, a prospect, a pick, whatever. But I think they would move a guy like Buchnevich, who's RFA, like I said, for a second-line center who's under contract for next year. So it's more of like a hockey move instead of a, we're selling prospects to try and get this rental versus selling this rental for prospects. It's kind of just like rearranging the pieces with the assets that you have versus what you could be looking to fill. Okay, and... Now, with the cap and everything going forward, your thoughts on all of it? I mean, tough to get 
people in certain spots or yeah i mean we're kind of up against it this year uh after the season we lose a lot of dead money off our cap uh specifically the hank and shattenkirk buyouts are finally gone uh they're counting for 11 million dollars on our cap this year uh because of the buyouts so they'll be gone uh d'angelo's cap hit will be gone and then it's really just about like the rangers core guys are signed uh, at, at least through next year it's just really about finding the bottom six depth because yes the main guys for Rangers this year haven't been playing too well outside of Panarin and Kreider but when you're running out a third and fourth line for most of this year until everybody started getting healthy of Brett Howden Kevin Rooney, Colin Blackwell Phil DiGiuseppe uh Julian Gauthier, like you're not going to win. So I think that's the area where the Rangers, if they really want to focus on utilizing that newfound cap space this summer, is bringing in guys who can actually play in your bottom six. And whether that's like a Barkley Goodrow or somebody like that, you bring in where they're not out of place on your second or third line if you need them, but they're even stronger on your fourth line, then that's where they should kind of focus their time. I'd rather spread out the wealth like I love Eichel I think having him would be incredible but at that point it's either Eichel or Zibanejad and if I don't want to trade Mika for Eichel because that defeats the purpose but then I also don't want to have Eichel here and we're looking at a situation where we're paying $21 million worth of that cap in two guys with Panera and, and Eichel so I think we just kind of spread it out a little bit alright that, that, that's fair pal yeah. So, uh, all right. I'm gonna next week. At, I promise I will be giving a standings update for our, our lock of the week picks. This um, is my I first loss this week. This week, so. <laughs> it's my first L this week, so it kills me. I, I believe you have two losses. I have one. Yeah. So we're not we're not doing too bad each. No. So I have to win this one. I can't lose two years in a row like this. I don't want to do it to you, pal. <laughs> So who do you got for a game of the week and pick uh, of the week? So both of my games are on Friday night. I have for game of the week, I have Calgary at Toronto. I think Calgary under Daryl Sutter, now that he's actually able to come down and coach, not just an eye of the sky, has kind of rejuvenated them a little bit. They've looked a lot different, and I think they're going in there playing a tough team in Toronto. So interested to see as to Calgary on the road, what, what comes out of them. My lock of the week is that same night I have Vegas at L.A. I'm assuming you're going with Vegas. Oh, yeah, yeah. There was no question <laughs> there. Yeah, no question. Uh, all right. My game of the week is Friday as well, March 19th. Rangers at Washington just because they're. it's almost like the situation with us versus the Bruins where there's just so much trippiness and everybody's trying to get out Lemieux, but Lemieux is just doing his routine of, like, I'm not dropping the gloves. Which is fine, as long as he doesn't do something that is worthy of having to drop the gloves and then refuses. Like, that's where I draw the line. Like, he's just running his mouth. If he starts running guys and then refuses to drop the gloves, like Kachuk out in Calgary, that's when there's a problem for me. So I think him not dropping the gloves is actually improving his uh, ability to get guys off their game. So we'll see Lemieux, we'll see Tommy Wilson out there, who I think he's back, right? Late this week? Uh, late this week, I believe, yeah. 
So that might be his first game back. So he'll probably come out and do something suspendable again in the first period. Um, so that's my game of the week. My lock of the week is next night, Saturday, March 20th, Florida at home against the Predators. Florida against Predators. All right, because the Preds just went down there, and they took care of uh, Tampa yesterday. So I'm counting on Joey Q. So. All right, we're going to see, pal. <laughs> Who do you got for shout-outs? Who do I have for shout-outs this week? Um, I don't even know. Is that bad? I got, like, nothing. I've just been... I've been a very good boy lately. I've just been <laughs> on my bestest behavior. No bad reports. Yeah, I got nothing. When you be good, the, the Strat Daddy has helped me be good because he, he's partially been uh been away up north with the misses. So him being oh, away yeah. keeps me out of trouble. But I kind of <laughs> want to be in trouble a little bit. So you know, Strat <laughs> get Daddy. Him back in town. That's it, Vinny. Anytime you want, pal. You, you know where I am. Anybody uh, for you? Yeah, I was going to say, it's slow for me, too. I think it's kind of getting to the point where we had a little bit of a sampling of spring, and then it went right back to, like, 25 degrees here. Yeah, we had the same exact, yeah. So it's, like, it hit 65 degrees one day, and then I t- took Kobe on her first subway ride, and then we went to McCarran Park in Brooklyn, which is, like, the major park that's not on a water in Williamsburg. And... She loved it. I mean, she's still kind of skittish around other dogs, but, like, she's a huge people puppy. So seeing all the people and everybody's high-pitched voices when they saw her helped her out. Um, And then everybody was, like, just so happy to be outside and everything. And then the next day it was 22 degrees and the winds were, like, 40 miles an hour. And I feel like it took the wind out of a lot of people's sails because nobody's out on the sheets now. So it kind of feels weird of, like, just last week I was – in shorts in a park and now it's like freezing my nuts off and it's actually snowing right now so how was uh how was she on the train good she was good like so the l- rules in new york is all the all pets need to be in a carrier it doesn't need to be a hard shell it could be like a zip-up carrier i rarely see people like i see people bring like huge dogs onto the subway just on a leash but for her, for the first two times, I took her in a carrier, and she just chilled in a carrier like she always does. Didn't really make any noise. The only time she got anxious was when I had to carry her carrier, so like she didn't have the footing underneath her. But she was getting to subway. I think the next time, probably this weekend, uh, we'll go back to McCarran Park, and I'll just take her on the leash onto the subway and see how she does. Because my one thing with her is, she still jumps up on people and they pet her. And that's the one thing I'm trying to get out of her. So we'll see if she jumps up and gets a two minutes for instigating on the subway. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, everybody, thank you as always for listening. Uh, we're hopefully by the time next week comes around, Kobe doesn't get a two, five and 10 on the train. <laughs> and uh, we will have another episode for you. We're going to hopefully go over our trade deadline as to people on the move, uh, possible deals. And uh, we'll catch you all guys all next week. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs>